Next, let's take a look at list layout in iOS 14. Now, it seems like the writing is on the wall that UI table view and UI table view controller will eventually be deprecated in future versions of iOS. And so we can replicate table view like behavior with a new layout called UI collection view list layout. So to start, I'm actually going to make our layout come from a function. So I'm just going to say create layout and then delete this. And we're going to go down into another function, private func create layout. This needs to return a UI collection view layout. And here we're going to start with a, a list configuration. So that is a UI layout list configuration, UI collection view layout list configuration. And we can give it an appearance and these come from the table view appearances that we have today using UI table view style. So we have a grouped appearance or an inset grouped appearance. So grouped appearance would be uh, where you have sections that are grouped and then inset grouped is something that, you know, has those rounded borders or whatever that um, give you a different look and feel. Then we have plain, which is our standard table view style. Um, and then there's two new ones, sidebar and sidebar plane. And this is useful when you're adding sidebars, which will essentially mimic uh, the behavior that you would get on Mac OS. And this is sort of to bring together all of these technologies into one that will work across platforms. So if we're dealing with sidebar navigation and that sort of stuff, we would use the sidebar ones and then the others, depending on what type of, of uh, table view style that we want. In this case, I'm going to use plain. And then what we can do is return a UI collection view compositional layout dot list using that configuration. So we're going to talk a lot more about UI collection view compositional layout later, but this is a sort of pre-configured compositional layout using the list style. And it just takes that list configuration and we can return it like that. Okay, so now we're no longer using the flow layout and we no longer gave it the item size that we needed. It's going to use the item size from the cell and it knows the width of the view and so it will configure itself accordingly. Now we have a little bit of a cramped spacing, but this is definitely working. All of our cells are laid out. It looks just like a table view and in fact, you also have the ability to add reordering and swipe actions just like you do with table view as well. So what we need to do here is just maybe give ourselves a little bit of spacing between these cells. And note that we also have some constraint warnings here, so we'll try to fix these as well. So let's go back over to our episode cell. And one thing we could do is we could take our width anchor and we could make that an image width constraint and make it our own variable so we can set the priority of this to just default high and then use that image width constraint here. So that'll allow it to uh, manipulate the image width still um, honoring this size here. The other thing we might want to do is for our horizontal stack, the bottom and top anchor here, we might want to add a constant to be you know, distant from the edges a little bit to give ourselves a little bit of breathing room in our cells. Okay, that looks pretty good. We probably also want some breathing room on the left and right edges. So I'm just gonna add those constants in here.
So this seems to look good, except when I scroll, you can see that things don't look so good. And the reason this is happening is that it is allowing our image width constraint to, uh, to essentially be broken because of the, the height of the view uh, changes and it has some ambiguity here. And so basically it's trying to shrink the, or hug the text rather than hug the image. And so what we need to do here is on our image view, I wanna set the content hugging set content hugging priority to be required for the horizontal axis. So it will let everything else stretch except the image because I want the image to sort of retain at its desired width there. Now with this approach, it still breaks this way. And so we have an option here. If, if I add required, we get back the, the constraint warnings, but the layout looks good. Um, but if we just say required minus one, or maybe even default uh, high plus one, just to allow this to win over the encapsulated constraint that the uh, that the cell is giving us. Um, so I'm gonna go with this approach, default high plus one. So basically it is not required, but it is more important than the than the height constraint, the encapsulated layout height constraint that it that the system automatically gives you. And this gives us this effect, and now we have no more constraint warnings. Now there's another type of configuration we could use here. And let's add another type of cell registration here. Um, we're going to add a private var um, list cell registration. That's gonna be UI collection view dot cell registration. And for the type of cell, we're gonna use UI collection view list cell, and then episode as our data type. So then let's go down here and we're going to say list cell registration equals UI collection view dot cell registration cell index path and episode in. And this time we have a cell which is a UI collection view list cell. And if we look at this, it is a little bit curious that there are no views on the cell at all. And this is an attempt to sort of reverse the mistake in API design that we saw with UI table view cell. UI table view cell had a text label. It had a detail text label, it had an image view. And so basically there were some pre-configured notions of how a UI table view cell should behave. And unfortunately, if you subclass UI table view cell, you have to know to avoid those properties because the system lays them out themselves uh, based on the style of the table view cell. So UI collection view list cell acts quite a bit differently. It will only add subviews for a specific type of content configuration that is required. So in this case, I can say uh, content equals cell that defaults content configuration. This gives me a new content configuration that I can then manipulate. And I could say content dot text is equal to episode dot title. And then I can say uh, cell dot content configuration is equal to that content. So one of the benefits of using this type of approach is it knows that we just set the text, so it's only gonna configure its internal layout to support a single text label. So it won't have an image view as a subview, it won't have a subtitle label, etc. So if we really wanted to do this, and uh, can actually delete that register line because we no longer need that, and I'm gonna go down to here to where we're using it, instead of doing it this way, I'm going to use our list cell registration and run it. So what you see here is that a default table view style is being applied to this 
uh, cell because we only gave it a single text. So now if I go over here and I say that there's some secondary text on this content, and that is the episode number, and we run it, Now we get a different textile. There are two labels, and this one is a smaller font size. And this is the standard behavior that we get from UI Table View. So by using these content configurations, you can encapsulate uh, not only the number of subviews and their layout, but also being able to do things like uh, indicate selection and whether cells are disabled and that sort of thing. But there's also a content image and for this, you actually have to have a UI image. So this doesn't necessarily support our letting the cell fetch and reload its image view directly. So we sort of have to change our approach if we want to support images like this. But this is definitely worth mentioning because if you're looking something for something that mimics exactly a UI table view, you will probably be using a UI collection view list cell type and to do that, you will have to use this content configuration approach to configure its properties.